What's going on, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena with Rob and Griff. I'm Griff and Senek, joined by my co-host, Rob Goldberger. And we're back this week. We're going to be talking some NFL. We're going to be doing our fourth mock draft. Uh, the NFL draft coming up now 12 days from, from recording this on April 28th. Very excited about that, the first round. We're also going to be talking some NBA playoffs. The play-in games just occurred, obviously. The first round is is currently starting. The Jazz and the Mavericks are playing at the moment. Um, So we're going to be talking about that. We're going to take a week off of of baseball. Um, You know, we'll we'll touch on baseball from, you know, we'll we'll touch on it at times. But this week is so busy with stuff that we're going to put it off. Uh, But before we do get started, I do want to just say, I know these videos do get a, a decent bit of views. So if you are new to the channel here, please like, comment, and subscribe on the video. We'd greatly appreciate it. We put a lot of work into this podcast. Um, you know, it's not something that's mainstream or, or uh, you know, you know, we don't have the most subscribers, but we post weekly sports podcasts for, if you're new here, we talk MLB, NFL, NBA, anything, you name it. You list it in the comments. We'll talk about it. If you want to hear about soccer, Rob knows a lot about that. I'll educate myself if that's what you want to hear. So just let us know in the comments, like the video, subscribe. We'd greatly appreciate it. And yeah. Uh, we're going to be kicking this one off with uh, what seems to bring the views on this channel as of late, the mock drafts. Um, so I guess I'll go ahead and share my screen and we'll just jump right into it. Um, so uh, basically what we're going to do here is we're going to go five picks at a time and uh, rotate. So I'll give my first five, Rob will give his first five and then next five and, and so on and so forth. You'll get the gist. Uh, but yeah, mock draft 4.0, we'll be doing our fifth one next week. So stay tuned for that as well. Um, all right, first pick of the draft. I know there's a lot of buzz about this selection. There's been talk about Trayvon Walker here. I'm going to go with Aiden Hutchinson. So I don't think this pick has changed. I think there's, you know, you see these guys getting blown up and, and really just shot through the roof in this process. I think Aiden Hutchinson's still the guy. He really had a dominant college season. He had, you know, performed. This has been pretty much the top guy, it seems, for a while now. Had a great combine. Um, I believe he did. He might not even been in the comment. I don't know. That might, I actually don't know if that's true, but um, Aiden Hutchinson's a superstar. We saw him in that Ohio state game. I mean, that really was, was, I think what, what clinched him that number one spot. The Georgia game was a little concerning, but I think this guy's still the best. So I'm going to keep him at number one. I think that's the pick. Uh, my number two spot, Detroit. I mean, this is another, this is the pick for me in the draft where it could either go as I think people expected to potentially, or this could really cause all hell to break loose. And, and, for me, I'm going to stay with what I've gone with. I think the last week or two, I, this might be the only the second week or second mock draft I've had this, but that's Trayvon Walker at number two. Um, I think Trayvon Walker is a very good player. Um, I, I think his college stats aren't necessarily, uh, you know, don't necessarily illustrate that. I mean, I think he had like nine and a half sacks over three years, but you know, he's got the intangibles and and he's one of those guys right now that's just blown up and and has had a you know amazing combines, passing all the tests and. I think Detroit is going to pick him. I think, you know, he fits their build. I saw something today that, um, you know, Dan Campbell doesn't think that Kayvon Thibodeau would be a good fit for the culture in Detroit, um, which is interesting. But I think Trayvon Walker is the kind of guy that might be a good fit. I also think I saw, I think it was Mel Kuyper had Sauce Gardner mocked here, which is very interesting because I think if you think about culture fit, I mean, Sauce Gardner seems like a pretty cool guy, a really hard worker someone who's really believes in himself. I feel like that's kind of the I, culture for Detroit. I think that just be insane believe, though. I can't believe they're going to take a corner in the top three for. Uh, two I, I can't believe it either, which is why that's why I have Trayvon Walker yeah. here. 
Um, I think Mel Kuyper's a little crazy for that one. But, I mean, look, I, I think, you know, yeah, you can't take a cornerback two years out of th- two. You have two two top three two picks top, in three years yeah. and take a cornerback both times. I, I just think that's – especially the way Jeff Okuda's worked out. I, th- I think Jeff Okuda could still be a great player, but obviously it hasn't worked out how they wanted to. So, Trayvon Walker. Uh, yeah, a lot of injuries. We haven't really seen him healthy. All right, Houston Texans. I'm sticking with my top three um, for the last few weeks, and that's right here is Ikem Iquano. I think he's the best tackle probably in this draft. Another guy who, um, I mean, it's all these guys who who are going in the top. They just the the, the you know few months after the NFL season, who does the best? And, and Iquano's stock has really risen. I think he's a great player, big boy. And Houston needs you know a guy opposite Laramie Tunsil, I think, at this point, and they've got to build on the lines because you know this is not a spot where you want to draft wide receiver. I could see them going edge rusher. Um, but I think that, you know, edge rusher in this t- draft, I feel like, and it hints to my next pick at 13 for them, it's a little deeper than tackle. I think tackle, you're running the risk of losing out on one of these top few or so guys, if you don't take one here. So I'm going to go with Kemi Kwanu. And now this is the pick where, um, yeah, things start know. to differ for me, the New York jets. And I think this is the, a fascinating selection because I mean, I think number two for Detroit's a fascinating, I think. I mean, there's a lot of question marks of who's going to go in this draft. I don't think it's very certain. There's been rumors, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be in the mix here. Sauce Gardner is going to be in the mix. Kyle Hamilton. But my player this week is someone who I've never had mocked to the Jets at this spot. This is the earliest I've ever had him going. And I'm going to go with, well, that was anticlimactic. Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State for the New York Jets. I'm going to go a wide receiver at number four. I think it's crazy, but I think, Realistically, the Jets have to assume that he would not be at the board at number 10 if if that's their guy. And I think that Garrett Wilson is such a superstar. I think this kid is is could really, really change this offense for the New York Jets. And I think they want to give Zach Wilson that that big weapon. I think they're going to have a lot of options at number 10 for defensive uh, for a defensive selection. So I think Garrett Wilson, uh, the New York Jets at number four, it's early for a wide receiver. It's high. I think he's a stud. I think they they do it and I think they pull the trigger. Garrett Wilson, the New York Jets. Um, I know I've had Kyle Hamilton mock there first week without him. Uh, number five, New York Giants. Um, I'm sticking with my pick here, Evan Neal. Um, I think Evan Neal is arguably the best tackle in this class. I think he could easily go number three. Um, but I, I, I think that the New York Giants need someone opposite Andrew Thomas. I think they definitely need another offensive lineman. I think Evan Neal is just a home run pick. We've said that for weeks now when doing this mock. I feel like both of us really have consensus, you know, tackle going here at number five, um, regardless of it's Evan Neal, uh, Ike Mokwanu, or even Charles Cross. I think all, you know, we've agreed that this will be a tackle and uh, Evan Neal for me, great pick for them. Carolina and number six, um, I believe I had Malik Willis to them in the third one, and I'm going to go for something different. I'm going to go for Kenny Pickett here, the Carolina Panthers. Um, to be honest, as from the buzz I've heard and, and seen and, you know, what I'm seeing, I, I think that at this point, Kenny Pickett might be the top quarterback in the draft. I think Malik Willis, I think for a while his stock was really rising. People really had him. I think Kenny Pickett's regained some of that, uh, some of that stock that he once had or, or you know, I, I think Kenny Pickett is, you know, right now potentially viewed as the best QB in the draft. I think there's a – oh, I think I forgot to include someone in my mock. Well, that's okay. Um but um, Kenny Pickett, man, this guy is, uh, you know, he's going to be good. Carolina, I think, needs to go quarterback. At first, I was saying they would go tackle, but that team is such a mess. You see Robbie Anderson tweeting out. Um, oh, I realized I went past five. My bad. Um, but um, you see Robbie oh, yeah. Anderson tweeting out, uh, you know, he doesn't want to play with Baker Mayfield. He, he would rather play <laughs> Kaepernick. 
I mean, just pretty funny stuff at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go. That was funny, but Kenny Pickett at number six for Carolina. And I'll flip this one over to you uh, for your first picks. Okay. All right, everybody. I promise I actually had a nice mock draft pulled up. This is actually our second recording because mine got my page got refreshed and uh, this would happen. So my first pick, I agree with you, Griff. Actually, the first three picks, I agree with you here. Um, I, I, I think. Trevon Walker is not going to fall past the number two pick at this point. And like you said, it's insane. It's it's crazy. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. And I think, like you said, I think this is obviously a guy, I think it's clear. He's probably number one interviewed. Well, if we're going to talk about the culture fit and if we're going to talk about a fast riser, he's definitely made an impression on teams. And number two, the team seem to think he's a hard worker if they can develop, if they believe he can develop his potential. And if that's two things Dan Campbell is looking for, then, you know, if that's the case, that's the case. But, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if I necessarily understand it because I think there might be – there might have been three, four pl- better players on that Georgia defense. So we'll also probably go in the first round. Um, but, uh, yeah, and as for Hutchinson, like you said, I just – don't see anybody but him being the pick at this point. I know there's some buzz about Trevon Walker, as you said, but I, I, I'm going to go with Hutchinson. I think he's been number one all the way throughout the draft process, and I don't really see that changing uh, soon. So number three, I'm, I agree with you. Uh, Ike Aquano, I think, is going to be the guy uh, for, for the Texans for all the reasons you mentioned. I mean, I think you can't really go wrong by drafting either Neil or Aquano and, like you said, another high riser. But I think, you know, they need it. And they're going to go. They're going to go for an edge and another tackle in this first round. And I think he's going to be the the tackle they're going to go for. And I'll reveal my pick for edge later. But here's where I differ from you, Griffin. I got Kayvon Thibodeau going here. At the end of the day, I think there was a lot of talk about his character. Does he is he a winner? Blah blah blah. This, but I think at the end of the the talent is going to outweigh all that. He's going to end up going to the top five. And yeah, I, I, there's been a lot of talk about this in the past couple of days. I feel like I feel like it's really picked up this Thibodeau to the Jets. Uh, thing in the past couple of days, but yeah, uh, I got that. And then number five, I've had it all the way throughout the draft process. Uh, Evan Neal, like you said, it, you, you sort of covered all the bases with Evan Neal. So I'm just going to move on and not to copy you again, Griff, but I actually have had this for the past few months. I was the one who, who kind of came in at, with quarterback to Carolina after you yeah. did. So I'll give you that. Yeah. And I'm going to have Kenny Pickett here. Um, and then I think, the Giants are just going to end up taking the best player available at this point, and they're going to end up taking Sauce Gardner. And I think that's kind of a home run first round for the Giants right there. I mean, Sauce and Evan Neal are sort of like pro-ready guys who you can count on to be. Sauce Gardner is going to be a hell of a player, dude. I mean, he's going to come into the league and be great right away. And then I have Garrett Wilson going slightly lower than you did. Uh, just because I don't see a receiver going inside the top five. I think it's possible if the Jets believe he's that much of a playmaker. And I think Joe Douglas's top priority is obviously to surround Zach Wilson with talent. So it wouldn't be the biggest shock in the world. But I think the Falcons are kind of locked onto a wide receiver. You've heard, you've heard some talk about Jermaine Johnson the past couple of weeks, but I think ultimately Garrett Wilson is going to end up being the pick there. So I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson. Uh, and the Seahawks, I had it mocked last week as well. I mean – if they're not going to take a QB, they might. But if they're not going to take one, which I don't have them taking here, I'm going to have them take Charles Cross. I think they're going to take a tackle if they don't take an OT. And I think they're going to take what they believe is the best tackle, what they believe to be the best tackle available. 
and here I've had, I've also had this the past few weeks, sorry to be a little bland to everybody, but uh, I'm going to have Drake London to the Jets here. Uh, I think this is sort of, I think the Jets are going to get a wide receiver. And if they don't take one at four, they're going to take one at 10. And I think Drake London has sort of emerged himself, sort of distanced himself from even the Olaves of the world to an extent. And I think he's going to be a, a top 10 pick for the Jets. So I think he's a, I think he's a great player. I think he has a strong claim to be the best wide receiver in the class, to be honest. I think Zach Wilson, like for just providing Zach Wilson with like an NFL caliber wide receiver is going to be, is going to be huge. I feel like so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, those are my. All right. Time. Sounds good. Um, I think this is the right one. All right. Here we go. All right. So picking up where I left off, New York Giants. Um, and I'm going to pick Kayvon Thibodeau to the New York Giants. I think last week I had I think Thibodeau at 12. Um, I think Thibodeau to me is a top 10 pick, probably a top seven or six or even five pick. I definitely thought about the Jets. You know, I think it's a very tempting pick for them. Um, and I think they do want an edge rusher. Um, I'll, I'll kind of talk about what I think they're going to do at 10. But I think Thibodeau for the Giants, I do think this team still wants an edge rusher. Um, and, but kind of like you said, I think they're in a spot where they might just go best as a play, best defensive player on the board here. And, uh, you know, adding Thibodeau and Evan Neal is just an absolute home run dream scenario for the New York Giants and would legitimately give them a chance to properly start the rebuild this time. Because I think this team at the end of the day, they don't really have the quarterback position sorted out. Wide receiver is an absolute mess. They've got pieces here and there on the O-line, the D-line, you know, whatever. They're just in a spot where they they really, they tried to rebuild and, and they failed. And it's just, it's unfortunate for Giants fans because you're in a spot where you're, you're probably headed for another teardown essentially. And, and a, you know, you need a, a new set of guys and it's unfortunate because you've got, you know, Kenny Galladay's huge contract to deal with and other things like that. But Thibodeau and Evan Neal, very good start to being productive. Number eight, Atlanta. I also, I, I've had wide receiver to them ever since they made that. Uh, well, ever since Calvin Ridley was suspended and then they traded Matt Ryan. I think this is an absolute, hundred percent. I almost think going to be a wide receiver and I'm going with Drake London, who I agree. I think him, him and uh, Garrett Wilson are the top two wide receivers on the board. I personally, and I think you agree, have Garrett Wilson ahead of London, but I think London's a stud. I think he could easily be the first wide receiver picked in this draft. And I think the Falcons get their guy at number eight, number nine, Seattle Seahawks. Um, I also uh, have Charles cross to the Seahawks. I think they desperately need an offensive tackle. And at this point I've had them potentially going for a quarterback, but I think at this point that this team is uh, they're going to go for Drew Locke for a year, see what happens. I don't think they want to drop the quarterback. I mean, this is pretty high draft capital for a team that hasn't picked this high in a long time. So I think they need to use it. That offensive line has been a mess for multiple years now. Get a guy who can be a staple in that O-line for many years to come. And I think Charles Cross is just that. So I have him in the top 10. And then at number 10, so I was very tempted here. And I know, uh, you know, to go, I, I was honestly tempted, and I've heard a lot of buzz about Jermaine Johnson with the Jets. Um, and I was very tempted, and I think this team wants an edge rusher. I just think that this edge rushing draft, I think it's a deep class. I think there's a lot of good guys. I think on day two, the Jets are going to be able to get a strong edge rusher if they want one and use these top two picks on on other positions. So I'm going to go with Sauce Gardner to the Jets, and I think this would be – I don't think this is what will happen, but I think if they can – I think Sauce Gardner might – probably honestly go before then, but I think if the New York Jets can land Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner, 
completely changes the direction of this team because you had a playmaker on offensive defense. And this is just desperately what the team is needing. I think they do need secondary help. And I stand with that. I've had for all my mock drafts, the Jets basically either a safety or corner and then a wide receiver. I think just those are, those are spots the Jets need help right now. I think Sauce Gardner just immediately provides a serious option at cornerback. And with Garrett Wilson, I mean, that is a hell of a first round for the Jets. And moving on to number 11, Washington. I've had them, I think, picking cornerback every single week. This is my first week where I'm doing something different. I have them taking Chris Olave out of Ohio State. I think Chris Olave is going to go a lot earlier than people think. I think I think this wide receiver class is going to go quick. And uh, I think Chris Olave, I think Washington really does need another wide out. I think cornerback is a very interesting pick. Derek Stingley at this spot would be very interesting and was this has been something I've had before. I just think, you know, Curtis Samuel, he didn't really play last year, wasn't very good. This team needs someone opposite Terry McLaurin to be, you know, serious offensive threats. Their defense is going to be solid. Um, if they do want to compete with Carson Wentz, they got to give him another weapon. And I think if you give Carson Wentz, Terry McLaurin, Chris Olave, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, Logan Thomas, Curtis Samuel, that's a, that's a hell of a group of guys. And, uh, you know, it would be very interesting. It, you know, Carson is Carson, but I think surrounding him with that group of guys would make things interesting in Washington. So Chris Olave is my pick. Yes, Number 12, Minnesota. Um, I had them going edge rusher. I'm going back to my cornerback pick for them, and that's Derek Stingley Jr. I think Stingley, he had, he had a very good combine. I think this is about the lowest he would possibly go. Um, I, I don't think he'll make it past 12, to be honest. Um, I, I think this is, at this point, Derek Stingley has re-solidified himself as the number two corner um, in this draft. And, uh, you know, potential. I don't know if he'll go in the top 10, but I think right about 11 or 12, both these teams could use him. And, and I can very well see either of these teams taking him. So I'm going to go Derek Stingley and the Vikings. Uh, they did sign, re-sign Pat Pete, but, I mean, they, Jeff Gladney, their first-round pick a few years ago, you know, isn't on the team. He had kind of a disaster of a situation unfold. So I'm going Derek Stingley, um, number 13. And I'm sticking with this pick, Jermaine Johnson. This is a guy who is really, I think, uh, you know, this guy could definitely go top 10. Um, he's a good player. I think Houston, I don't know what your face is for is, that a reaction to pick validation that you have a certain player dropping kind of far. I do. I do. I do. I do. Yeah. Um, you're you're going to like the result of it, though. Um, I know. I know. Jermaine Johnson. Yeah. And I'll, I'll explain what you're talking about when I get there. But um, Jermaine Johnson, I think he's a good player. I think Houston, like you said earlier, uh, tackle and edge rusher. I've had Iquanu and Jermaine at this point linked for a few weeks. So I'm going to stick with it. Number 14, I have a trade. I have the Detroit Lions trading up with the Baltimore Ravens from 32. And I think they're going to make a, uh, a selection here and they're going to go with Malik Willis and draft their quarterback of the future. Um, I don't think they want to go quarterback at two. I think that's high for them. I think at 14, though, they'll probably give up, you know, their late first, their 30, 30, number 32, maybe even their second rounder this year. I don't know if they'll want to trade their first next year, but they'll give up a good, good portion of picks here. And uh, they will draft Malik Willis, who I think they'll think of as a quarterback of the future. And coming away with Malik Willis and Trayvon Walker in the first round is a huge haul for Detroit. And here is what you were referring to, the Philadelphia Eagles, who uh, still have 15. They obviously moved around a little bit in the first round. But I have them drafting here, Kyle Hamilton, who I had to take a serious oh, fall from great. number four. Um, and neither of us have him in the top 10, um, no. which is pretty crazy. You know, that he really, you know, I like, I think Kyle Hamilton's going to be a great player, but at the end of the day, he is a safety, which isn't the most highly drafted position in the NFL. Um, and you know, his, his 40 time has not looked good. You know, his pro day was amazing. His combine was all right. 
I think he's a heck of a player. I, I just can't maybe Washington and maybe that's where you have him going is to Washington. Um, I just, I just don't see a team in that 11 to 14 range potentially going with him. Um, so I, it's just a matter of he fell in this case, will he probably go ahead of this? I'm sure. But I think for Philadelphia, um, they lost to Rodney McLeod or whatever this offseason. Rodney McLeod, yeah. Yeah, who was, you know, a solid player for them, honestly. Nah, so they're going to take Kyle Hamilton if he's at 15, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kyle Hamilton would be a, a hell of a pick for the Eagles and right place, right time for them if they can land him. But I doubt it will happen, but just I just couldn't couldn't fit him in anywhere. I, I don't know. I just couldn't find the right spot for him. Maybe a team trades up for him. I don't know. Maybe. All right. I'll uh, switch back to mine. Let's... Yep. All right. So at number 11, I do have Kyle Hamilton here. Uh, I don't think he's going to, I don't think Washington's going to pass from him at all. And I, he might not even get to 11. I mean, I think there's a potential that any of these teams could take him. I think the Giants could even, take he could him. literally go at number four. Realistically. Oh, yeah. He could, he could go anywhere. I think from, I don't like, think he will though at this point. I think he could go anywhere from the four to 11 range though, to be honest. I don't think he's getting past 11 at all. Uh, at 12, I do agree with you about Derek Stingley. As you know, like, I think Derek Stingley <laughs> is really good. I, I've been a big Derek Stingley proponent all draft. Like, I think he's a top eight pick at worst. I think this guy's stock falling was just – like, he set such a high standard for himself in his freshman year. He was the best corner in the country at 18 years old. Like, I think he was – like, if he had – if it was anybody else and they had, like, the sophomore and junior – or the sophomore year that he had, like, Junior, I don't know. He had, I don't know. I think he, they would be a lot more highly regarded. I think NFL teams are really outsmarting themselves with this one. Like, I think this is, I think the Vikings are going to be thrilled that he's going to be there. Uh, and not, so, sorry, I keep copying off you, Griff, but I also have Jermaine Johnson here. Uh, I think, like I said, the Texans are just going to take the best edge available with their second pick, and Jermaine Johnson might get taken in the top 10, but I got, I got, the Texans take him if he's there. And here, I think the Ravens at this point need this. Like, I think I don't think they're going to pass up on Jordan Davis if they have the opportunity to. If they have the opportunity. I had that in, like, my first or second one, I think. Like way I back think, when. I think that at the end of the day, NFL teams are just going to convince themselves. And I'm not saying – like, I just think NFL teams are going to be convinced, I should say, that this guy is just too elite of an athlete, too much of a freak to pass up on. Like, this guy, if he has – if he can stay on the field, if he can get on a proper NFL like conditioning program, I don't know, Griff. He can be the best player in this whole draft. I think he's certainly taking everything into account, probably certainly the most athletic. I think if he has the highest – I will say this. I think he has the highest upside of anybody in this class. I think Jordan Davis is just a force on the side of the ball. He's a disruptor. He's He is a playmaker on the defensive side of the ball at, at – at, you know, defensive tackle, which is so rare. I think if he can just put it together, I think the Ravens are going to be very happy. And I think the Ravens desperately need help on that defensive line. Uh, especially that, you know, that run defense really wasn't good last year at all. Um, I think Jordan Davis would be a home run pick for them. So now for the Eagles, this is a guy who's uh, been getting a lot of hype in recent weeks that he's going to be recovered maybe even by the, for this, you know, a couple weeks into the season. Uh, and I, I got the Eagles taking Jamison Williams here which I would love, to be honest, to, to pair Devontae and Jamison back up together. I think Jamison Williams would be a top seven pick probably without the ACL injury. 
I, I, I really do. I think he was regarded as the number one receiver before his injury. Um, I was actually looking ESPN's mock had him at number eight before the injury. I know it doesn't really mean anything because it was in January, but I was just looking. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I would be thrilled with the Jamison Williams pick here, man. I would love just take good players from the University of Alabama. It's, yeah. I'm fine. it's it's really is a strategy that doesn't fail. You know, I mean, this I would be thrilled with Jamison Williams, and I understand the concerns about the ACL injuries, but I don't know. I think it's I think. It's fair to say it, it was a lot more of a concern maybe five years ago than it was now, because I feel like guys the, the, in, in the past couple of years, I feel like there's been such like an advancement in sports medicine. I mean, obviously the freak case, I'm not going to say everybody's like that as Cam Akers, but you know, I, I mean, uh, if he can come back in, in seven minutes or, or in seven months or from now or something, don't let, I just want to say this, like, if a team truly believes that he is the best receiver in the draft, an ACL injury in January is not going to steer them away from that. I think that's the case. And I think that's depends on where you pick. I think, I think inside the top 10, you're not, you want a guy who's no. Yeah. I think you want a guarantee, especially at like, especially like the three to six range or the one to six range, I should say. But I think Jamison Williams is going to be the guy for the Eagles if he's there. And I don't know if he's going to be though. Um, I am at 16. I finally have Chris Olave going. I think the Saints sitting at 16 are going to be really happy that one of Olave or uh, Williams is there. Uh, and I think they're going to be thrilled about that. Uh, and I mean, I think they're almost definitely going to take a wide receiver with one of these picks. I don't know if I see Chris Olave rising. Now. I don't know which, which of these guys he's going to go ahead of is my thing. I think Jamison Williams' stock is sort of sky re skyrocketed, I should say the past couple of weeks, I think I just love it. I mean, he had a good 40, he, he, he had did. a good combine. He did he passed all the tests. He's one of the best route runners in college, probably was the best route runner in college football, you know? Yeah. I think the age might, I, I, I understand. I think he's younger than the other guys though. Correct. Or he's older than the other guys. though. Correct? He was a true senior. I think. Yeah. I'll look up his age. You can keep going. Yeah, so uh, I think so Love is only he's only twenty one. Ah, wow. So I think either the Saints and the Eagles, I think Williams and Olave are both going to be there actually, and I think they're both going to be. I, I think that they're going to be back to back picks if they're there for the Saints and the Eagles. So are both teams that I have pretty much telegraphed that they're going to take a wide receiver at this point. Uh, yep. and here for the Chargers, this has been mocked by a lot of people. I think the Chargers are almost making it a little obvious if he's there that they're going to take him. And this is Trevor Penning, who I had really high a couple of weeks ago at number nine. And I think Charles Cross has sort of solidified himself above Trevor Penning. Uh, and I, I got the Chargers. I, I got him going to the Chargers. 15. I think they're going to take another tackle. I think they're going to get Justin Herbert, you know, his two guys, his, his two bodyguards of the future. And man, if they have a legitimate offensive line with that defense, and I mean, like we said, I, the Chargers can win the Super Bowl this year. I think it's I, – I think – I don't know what's going to happen in the AFC West, but Chargers are looking better than the Chiefs right now, I got to say. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, it all depends on Justin Herbert, but I think they they just built the team so well because I, – I, They changed that defense. That defense has been the problem, and they added Cleo Mack, J.C. Like, Jackson, think, Sebastian, I, Joseph Day, I, I, like – let, let me retract. Let me retract my statement, though. I would say more so. 
finding a quarterback that good makes it so much easier to build a team success. Like it's such an obvious statement on a rookie deal too. on a rookie. It's ridiculous. By the way, that Pat Mahomes deal might not look good for him in a couple of years. If we're being honest. Yeah. But he, I mean, he signed, wasn't it like $500 million? I think. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be all right. I don't think he'll be crying, but it's going to get renegotiated anyway, probably. Yeah. All right. uh, Moving on to 18 Uh, at 18. I actually think that the Eagles are going to go corner here. And I got Andrew Booth Jr., who I think is actually much better than Trent McDuffie. I think Andrew Booth Jr. is solidly CB3 in this class. I think he was dominant in Clemson for a long time. And the Eagles apparently really like him. Uh, I, I think he'll be the guy at 18 for the Birds. I think they're going to go wide receiver and cornerback which hasn't worked out for them the best in the past. And I feel like I've been saying that they need a wide receiver in a corner forever, but we're, it's still the case in 2020, 2022. And I mean, I think Malik Willis is a, has a possibility of going here. I actually really do. But I think at the end of the day, they're just going to stick with Jalen Hurts and see if he's got the goods and just just, just wait to see if Stroud or, or Stroud. I think that would be idiotic. If it, I agree. I would not be happy with Malik Willis pick because I'm not even sure how much better Malik will, how much like, if, it's the same quarterback. If Malik Willis was going in Jalen Hurts draft class, where would he be drafted? Is the question. Probably where Hurts was, right? That's a crazy thing. It's like, I mean, Jalen Hurts probably could have been a first round selection, but I, yeah. I don't know what happened with the pre draft. He must have not. I guess he was always just, he was old. Uh, it was weird. Yeah, he was 23. Like, you know, he's only 23. Whatever they blow these guys up in the process, though I think is the especially yeah. this year. All these players, all these quarterbacks are just getting blown and shot up to the first round because yeah. there's no other guys. I mean, there's got to be some quarterback that goes in the first. So round. speaking of speaking of quarterbacks, it's good. It's great segue, Griff, because I've got a shock pick here. Maybe not. Maybe not such a shock, but I think if, if Malik Willis falls to 19, which I think is looking increasingly more likely, especially if the Seahawks decide not to take a quarterback. I think Malik Willis could fall to the Saints here with one of their two picks. And I don't see the obviously I don't see the Chargers or Eagles trading. And I think there's a slight possibility a team could trade ahead of the Saints with their second pick. But I, I think that the Eagles want want to make both selections here. Um, I, it's it's really uh, it's really interesting because I think this would almost be an ideal situation for for Malik Willis. He would get to sit for a year behind Jameis Winston. He would challenge for the job next year. I don't know. I I think. This is a, the right range for, range for him. I think Kenny Pickett has solidly established himself as quarterback one. I think it's not even close at this point. I wouldn't be surprised to see Malik Willis go in the top 10, but I, I've got him at 19 going to the New Orleans Saints. And uh, I'm going cont- to I'm gonna ride the QB wave here, and I'm going to go with Desmond Ritter for the, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Last week I had – or last mock I had the, the, them trading – making a trade with the Bucks at 27 to trade back in the first round, but – like you said, they blow these quarterback stocks up, and Desmond Ritter is one of those guys. There has been a rumor going around that there, Desmond Ritter could go very, very early in this draft. And when I say very early, I mean ahead of Malik Willis and maybe very close to where Kenny Pickett is going. And it's been spread by some some prominent guys in the media. Group. I don't know if you – like, I'm sure you do. Yeah. So I think that's a real possibility, and I think there's a shot of team trades ahead for Desmond Ritter. I'm actually a Desmond Ritter fan. I've said it on the podcast before. I don't think he's worth a top 10 pick. Do I think he's better than Willis and Pickett? Yeah, I actually do. Funny, I actually do. But I, I don't think any of these guys are, are, are that good. I don't think any of these guys are franchise-changing quarterbacks. 
But I think there's a real shot Desmond Ritter goes in the top 10. But Pittsburgh is not going to walk out of this first round without a quarterback, in my opinion. Uh, I'll, I'll toss it back to you. Very interesting. Um, all right. Where are we? What pick am I at? 16? Yeah. All right, 16, um, New Orleans. Um, and I got them going, Jamison Williams. I, I agree with you. I think they're going wide receiver here. Um, I think Jamison Williams, like you said, um, you know, there was a bit where it seemed like he would be going in the 20s. Now his stock is kind of re-rising again. Seems like he'll be going in the teens somewhere. I, I don't see him going before that Eagles pick at 15. I'd be very surprised because I, and I do honestly believe that Chris Olave will go ahead of him just because Chris Olave, you know, he, he Chris Olave is a stud. Um, Chris Olave is healthy. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, there is some concern. You want some assurance and, uh, you know, guarantee with these guys, especially with these high picks. I don't think James Williams, I know people are blowing his stock up again. I think this is right about the range, 16, 15, 14, in that area that Jameson Williams will go. Um, honestly, if the Ravens keep the pick, I, I could see a world in which they took him. They lost Sammy Watkins. I mean, they have a, they've always had a need there. I mean, that would be a heck of a pick for them. So we'll see. But Jameson Williams, I think that 14 to 16 range is where we'll see him go. Um, 17, I do have the same pick as you. Um, we'll Trevor Penning. Um, you know, I had them, I think Charles Cross was a guy who I had really falling last week in my, or two weeks ago in my mock draft. I don't have that the case. I think Charles Cross is probably a top 10 pick. I think Trevor Penning will be the pick here. I think this team definitely wants to tackle. They've had such an incredible offseason. You re-signed Mike Williams. You completely revamped that defense, adding Cleo Mack and, and J.C. Jackson and Sebastian Joseph Day. Sebastian, Sebastian Joseph Day. Um, I mean, that's a heck of a haul right there. Ha- hell of an offseason. I think, to be honest, they were the winners of the offseason, I would say. I, well, I guess with all the quarterbacks moving around. For a team that did not trade for a quarterback, they won the offseason, is what I would say. Um Obviously, the teams that acquired, you know, Russell Wilson, Denver had a hell of an offseason. The Cleveland Browns had a very good offseason trading for Deshaun Watson. So it's very tough. But for a team that didn't trade for a quarterback, hell of an offseason for the Chargers. And like you said, Trevor Penning, uh, very good player. Uh, Number 18, uh, Philadelphia. I have them going with Traylon Burks here. Um, And this is the thing that's interesting because, you know, at 6'15", you would have Jameson Williams on my board. I just don't think you could pass up Kyle Hamilton there. And I do think that, you know, Trelon Burks is a heck of a player. I just think if this is the case and the Eagles pick him, it's just going to be another one of those receivers for them. Um, so maybe they don't go receiver here, but I do really believe that the Eagles are going to come out of this first round with a wide receiver. And I think Traylon Burks will be that player. I think Traylon Burks is a, a very good player. I think, you know, I don't think he's going to be the next like Debo type player, but I think he kind of has that similar style, similar build of, of you know, that kind of player. Um, I don't know. I think Philadelphia wants a receiver and I think they want a, a player in the secondary as well. So I think they achieve both those things, um, but they'll go Traylon Burks here, I guess. New Orleans. I was very tempted to go quarterback. I did have Willis going before though. So he's not on the board here. And I do believe I've seen some things about the Saints at quarterback. And I do agree with it. I don't think they're going to pick a quarterback here. I think the trade they made with Philadelphia was one in which that they're trying to compete this year, try and acquire two first-round level talent players to fill some holes, compete this year. They did give up their first next year, so there's no incentive for them to ride out a rookie quarterback, especially in a year where there's bad ones. But at the same time, I guess they're not going to have a pick next year to draft one. So if you like one, go ahead. But this is where I do have Jordan Davis going. 
Jordan Davis for me has fluctuated all over the place. I think in the last mock draft, I had him going at number nine. Now I have him going 19. Um, you know, it, it's just the position. I think he's a good player. Like you said, there's some health concerns. I think the Saints need to detackle though, and this would be a huge win for them. And adding Jordan Davis and Jamison Williams would be a heck of a haul. Um, and then lastly, at number 20, um, I agree with you here in, in your pick. I think these quarterbacks, man, they just get blown through the roof. Desmond Ritter at the moment seems to be that guy. I've heard so much buzz about him this week. People view him as potentially the top quarterback in the class. I mean, I've heard things about Matt Corral, too. This is where I think Desmond Ritter is going to go. And welcome to the top 20, Desmond Ritter. Um, I mean, these quarterbacks, it, it's a quarterback-driven league. The thing about it that I think is so stupid is, like, I don't believe any of these quarterbacks can seriously be – reach that upper echelon of quarterbacks that exist in the NFL right now, which means I don't think any of these guys are going to be good enough to win a Super Bowl or seriously lead a team to the playoffs. Like, I just don't know. I mean, I think for a team, I, I don't know, man, but we'll see. I mean, one of these guys will likely develop into a, a very solid player. I'd be very shocked if all of these guys are just total bums. And I don't think that'll be the case. I think some of these guys could be pretty decent players. Um, but I think Desmond Ritter here, I think I agree. I think Pittsburgh um, is looking more and more likely to go quarterback especially after the tragic passing of, uh, of Dwayne Haskins, um, you know, Mason Rudolph, you know, there's no belief in, in that guy. We've seen what he can do at this point. And uh, you've got Trubisky, but, you know, you can add Ritter who would, you know, he can sit for a year if he has to. And yeah. And then I'll go with my next five, I guess. Uh, 21, I have Trent McDuffie going. Um, I agree with you. I think him and Andrew Booth is uh, it's tight. Um, I don't know. I just got McDuffie. I've had him to the Patriots for so long at this point. I've just like kind of, I'm riding with that probably through the end of the draft. Number 22, I got Kenyon Green to the Packers. Um, you know, I think it, him versus Zion Johnson as the better guard is, is interesting. I've kind of had Green ahead of him. Um, I don't know. I think the Packers could use a guard. I think at this point, wide receiver, which is, I think, what this team wants, is very sketchy. Um, you know, there's not one of the, you know, I think at this point there'd be, what, five receivers taken already? Um so I don't think they'd, they'd take a receiver at 22. I think they'd wait till their second first rounder and pick whoever they like out of the, you know, the next group of guys then. So I'm going to go guard here. 23, Andrew Booth Jr., the Cardinals. I think, like you said, he's a great player. Cardinals you sec need secondary help. He'll go there. 24, I have Dallas going with Devontae Wyatt, who I think is a heck of a player. There's an, I've heard rumors that you know his stock is also blowing up right now, that this kid could be really taken high. Um, I think 24 is a, a decent spot. I think Dallas wants help in that D-line. I know you've had I think George Karlaftis or some other DNs going to Dallas. That's kind of what you've been riding. I'm going to go with a, a D tackle for them. I do believe that's a spot of weakness, and I've kept riding with it. So I'm going to stick with it. And uh, 25, there we are. Cincinnati Bengals, I have trading up with the Buffalo Bills to select Devin Lloyd. Oh, I forgot to put linebacker, but he's a linebacker. Um, <laughs> you know, Devin Lloyd's a great player. I had him, I think, in my first mock draft in the top 10 because I was you really not, I didn't know not much about him. I saw Mel Kuyper had him in the top 10. So I was riding with Mel, big Mel over there at ESPN, but uh, I have him going 25 now. I, I don't think, you know, he's a good player, but it, you know, his stock hasn't really risen. If anything, it's, it's gotten, you know, a little lower. I think he's still a first rounder, but could I see him falling out of the first round? Absolutely. Um, could I see Nicobe Dean going ahead of him? Absolutely. Um, I'm going to go with Devin Lloyd to the Bengals and that will be uh yeah, that, I think they're going to trade up. I think that's one spot on their defense where they could use a player, and I think that's a, a good potential move for them to trade up here. Yeah, all right. Uh, a little bit. Wow. All right, so 
At 21, I have a little bit of a change from my last couple of weeks. I've been hearing Daxton Hill to the Patriots a lot. Safety, uh, interesting. Yeah, like I think they want a safety, and I think a lot of people are starting to mock him there. Um, Michigan connection, I guess, too. You know, Patriots, Michigan connection, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> 22 yeah. years ago to the day was when Brady was drafted. It's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Daxton Hill here. Don't really know much about him, but I think they're going to end up drafting him because there have been a lot of links in the past couple weeks. So, yeah, uh, 22. Oh, where is he? I'm going to go with Traylon Burks here. I think if Traylon Burks is available at this pick, they're going to just end up taking him. Nice. Uh, they're just going to end up taking him. Uh, if, if any of those five wide receivers are on the board, they're going to take one of those five wide receivers. So, yeah. Uh, 23, I actually have – this is where I have George Karlaftis going. Replacement for Chandler Jones. They need edge rushing. They did last year, too, when Chandler Jones was there. Makes too much sense. Here, where is he? I'm going to go Zion Johnson. Uh, I think they're going to sort of restock on that offensive line. That interior offensive line was pretty relatively weak, you know, compared to what the Cowboys are used to in years past. So I'm going to go with the, with, with the, line, with the line here. Uh, at 25, I think the Bills are going to draft. I had this last week, too. I think the Bills are going to draft that. Uh, opposite corner to Tredavious White, and I think they're going to go with Trent McDuffie uh, at 25. 26, I think this is where it gets really interesting. Uh, I'm actually going to have them draft a corner, and that's Kyrie Lomata out of Florida. I think they're going to want to restock on that defense because it was kind of weak last year, even though – not kind of weak, sorry. It was much better than their weak defense the year before, but I think they still need definitely re- reinforcements in that secondary. Uh Sorry. And then at 27, uh, this is a guy whose stocks whose stock has fallen in the past couple of weeks. Uh, and you think it's fallen? I think it's fallen a lot. I think they're the character concern thing. You don't you didn't hear about this? I didn't. Two separate domestic violence incidents, apparently. I don't know. So I think he's gonna end up falling either to the back end of the first round or the beginning of the second. I'm gonna have Devontae Wyatt at 27. And here I was gonna have a point. To be honest, I was going to have like a, a point. I, I, I'm going to just have a pointless trade here, and I'm going to have the Packers trade back with the Chiefs because the Chiefs just want Jahan Dotson, and they're going to have both of these picks, the Chiefs. Uh, so I have the Chiefs. This is actually the Chiefs pick, taking Jahan Dotson at 28, and then at 29. Sorry. Jesus Christ. I have been taking another thing from uh, uh, Georgia. You it. You had the pack. Sorry, you had the Packers trading to back to thirty or twenty nine. I have the Packers just trading out of the first round completely. Oh, okay. So the Chiefs have three yeah. picks in a row. Oh shit! The Chiefs do have that thirtieth. I didn't even think about. It. Dude, my whole thing got erased. It was so <laughs> before. Uh. So yeah, screw uh, it. It's a mock draft. Chiefs go crazy in the first round. Yeah, exactly. Screw it. And then I'll just have them taking the edge rusher, which I've had for the past couple weeks. Thirty-one, they'll be thrilled with Linderbaum, I think. And then at thirty-two, I think the Chiefs or the Lions are just going to end up taking the best player available, which is Nicobe Dean. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to have Lions taking the third. So yeah, interesting. All right. Sorry. Um, there you go. Very good. All right. Last seven or so picks. At 26, I got George Karlaftis to the Titans. I think, you know, another edge rusher, defensive lineman type player could be uh, in use for them. 
27, I have your boy, Boy Mafe. I threw him in there. You love your your little Boy Mafe. You've been I do. I like including him. him in the first round for so many weeks now. So at this point, I, I caved in. I threw him in at 27 of the Buccaneers. Um, 28, if it will load. Uh, I have Christian Watson going to the Packers. I've heard a lot of buzz about Christian Watson and the Green Bay Packers. I think if, like you said, I think if one of those top five wide receivers is there at 22, that's, that's going to be their pick. But I think if not, they're going to address another need. And then that 28, they'll probably go for a wide receiver. I think they like Christian Watson. They'll pick him here. Fast kid out of, uh, I believe, North Dakota State where Carson Wentz went. Very interesting pick. At 29, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. I have them going with David Ojabo. I think for them, it's worth the risk because I think the payout could be so massive for them if David Ojabo, and I expect him to fully heal if we're being honest. I mean, we talked about, you kind of touched on it earlier, how these injuries are obviously a concern, but they're not to the, love, the extent that they once were. Obviously, this injury did happen more recently. Ojabo won't necessarily contribute uh, as much to the team next year, but I think this is a, a pick that Kansas City has to make because I think it's worth the risk. If David Ojabo gets back to what he was, he was a top 10 pick in this draft. Is probably considered a top four edge rusher in this top five. He's in the He would be a top five edge rusher with you know Jermaine Johnson, Trayvon Walker, Hutchinson, and, and Kayvon Thibodeau. And landing one of those guys would just be a, a huge, huge land for them on that defense. So I think they'll pick him. Um, I also, I mean, I saw something this week, I forget who, but someone had the Chiefs trading up, I believe, to 13 and select Jameson Williams. And uh, I think it's very interesting with all their picks they have. They're probably not going to make all of them, so I could very well see the Chiefs trading up somewhere. I have them also, though, picking here Sky Moore, which is who I've heard them. You know, Christian Watson, the Packers, Sky Moore with the Chiefs. I think these teams fall in love with wide receiver. I mean, this would be, what, seven wide receivers taken in the first round, which would be pretty much, you know, kind of insanity. But um, I'm going to go with Sky Moore to the Chiefs. Buffalo in their trade back. I agree. They're going corner. They need another corner. And I think Kyrie Lem here would be just an absolute stud pickup for them. I think would be probably ending up, would probably have been their pick probably at 25 as it is. So they're going to get some draft capital and get the guy they probably would have taken anyway. And then last pick of the draft, I have the Baltimore Ravens, who I had trading back from 14. I have had them go on Tyler Linderbaum at 14, and I think they'll be able to get him at 32. So this would be another uh, amazing scenario for them because they would acquire some more draft capital. I think they have holes too. I think, you know, D end is they're old there. Um, they could use some more help with wide receiver. Um, they can use, you know, there, there's other holes for this team. I'm blanking. I know there's, you know, D line probably, I mean, yeah, O line tackle they could probably use. I mean, who knows? I mean, this team's got some holes. So I think trading back to get draft capital and then landing a guy like Tyler Linderbaum just would be a uh, home run scenario for the Baltimore Ravens. So that's what I have. And that will do it for our fourth mock draft. That's a lot of talking. It really is. Um, but it's fun. I'm, I'm happy. This is my favorite time, honestly, with the podcast each year is doing these mock drafts each week. I mean, it's just so fun. We'll be back with our, uh, our fifth mock draft, our final one next week. And uh, we'll really talk about the NFL draft, obviously, next weekend. And then the week after that is the draft. So uh, stay tuned for, for that, for the coverage of that. But now um, I guess we'll just do a complete transition here and we will move on to the NBA playoffs. Obviously we saw the, the play in games and I'll just pull up. Um, I guess I can go first, but we'll talk about the play in games first, um, but I will just pull up this bracket. Um, actually, you know, it's great. We'll talk about the playing games. Obviously, um, you know, the teams that, you know, made it, we saw Brooklyn get the seven seed Atlanta got the eight seed in the East. And then we saw the Minnesota Timberwolves get the seven seed in the West, as well as 
the New Orleans Pelicans getting that eight seed. Um, I mean, I know what I want to talk about at that Atlanta Cleveland game. I've got some thoughts on, but other than that, I mean, what were your thoughts on the plan? I mean, I think it's a great format. I think it's really enhanced the playoffs, given that extra, you know, thrill and, and early on factor, because the first round of the NBA playoffs can often be boring. Um, there's often, you know, it's not the best competition at times. So, I mean, I think it adds a lot of, I mean, I like the plan. I don't know what you think about it. I know it even screwed my team over. So it's like weird that I'm saying this, but I think it's a fun, I think it's good for the NBA that they have it. What are your thoughts and your thoughts? I agree to an extent. It's just like, I feel like a team like the Clippers got kind of jobbed because they finished like seven games ahead of the Pelicans and didn't mean anything in the end. (laughs) Uh, And Paul George, just unlucky, man, really unlucky. Uh, And unfortunate, but uh, I think, I like the playing games. I mean, I think they're gonna have they're gonna be tweaked in the future for sure, to a, a, to an extent where something like what happened to the Clippers probably isn't gonna be able to happen in the future, where um, I, I think if a team finishes like five games ahead of what seed, it'll just be like three teams in double elimination or something like that. Uh, I think that you could see something like that. Um, and I think. I th- I like it. I mean, I think the only issue, the, the, the thing is in the grand scheme of things, you're just watching teams. It, it gives to, it's almost like, which is, it's kind of, a, I'm, it's kind of an obvious thing, but it's sort of like the playing tournament for the uh, NCAA tournament because it yeah, gives for sure. a team, it gives teams that normally wouldn't get a chance to, you know, be on national TV and have their fans, some give their fans something to root for something, you know, to actually win, to have an accomplishment to stake out. So I mean, I think it's interesting, and it prevents teams from tanking, to be honest, because a team like the Spurs would have tanked after the All-Star break, but since they had the uh, the plan to aim for, the Spurs actually competed, uh, and yeah, uh, it, it, there's another team that's competing in NBA, so I think that's good, but there's gonna be, there are going to be some tweaks to it in the future, so yeah. And in terms of the Atlanta-Cleveland game, that was a great game. I mean, Trey Young sort of just took over at the end, and Karis LeVert just was not very good last night, and I think Karis LeVert thinks he's somebody that he's not. And I think a lot of people think Karis LeVert is somebody that he's not. Uh, I always been kind of long Karis LeVert. A lot of people wanted him as maybe a package for Indiana and a potential Ben trade or something like that. But I've sort of, I've never really been convinced by him. I think he's sort of an inefficient score. I think he's sort of an inefficient score. Um, yeah. And he doesn't play much defense. And I think Trey Young, the, the Cavs are really able to attack Trey Young really well last night on defense. Normally, Trey Young is able to hide, but they were sort of attacking him every possession. They didn't do that well, though. No, 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 no. This is what I'm saying. In the first half, they were doing it really well. And then the second half, the Hawks adjusted. And that's sort of when the Hawks made their comeback. And Trey was just, Trey just became dominant in that third quarter. Yeah. I mean, that was a, it was a frustrating game to watch because. I mean, Trey Young, I mean, this dude is as good as anyone at scoring the basketball in the NBA. Um, I mean, this dude, you know, you saw the first half. The Cavs had a very good plan for him. They, You know, he was rattled. It, it seemed like the Hawks were kind of lost out there. And once he finds his groove, man, I mean, this guy is just. All right, I got to interrupt you, dude. I got to interrupt you. Because Paul Reed, you know Paul Reed? So he's the backup center. He's like one of the backup centers for the Sixers. And Doc Rivers has this, like, agenda against playing Paul Reed or DeAndre Jordan. And we don't know who he's going to play tonight for the playoffs. And all all Sixers Mm -hmm. fans have to take DeAndre Jordan. So this is actually him. So he says this. On the day of the playoffs, Paul Reed on a text exchange with Doc Rivers that the coach mentioned at a recent pressure. He texted me something, and I was like, 
Oh yeah, I appreciate it. And thank you for being patient with me. Whoop-dee-whoop-dee-woo. He's like, is he not openly mocking the coach on the day of a playoff game? That's what the, the guy said. There, whatever his name is, Paul yeah, Reed. Paul Reed, yeah. Jeez. I'm, I'm um, sorry to interrupt you, Griff. I just thought that was – You're good. But, I mean, I think Trey Young at the end of the day. I mean, this is – I mean, it gets very interesting because, um, I mean, man, the, this just reminds me of what happened with the Hawks last year. But they are banged up right now. But, like, Trey Young is just – he is the ability to take over and win a team a game. I mean, this guy was just hitting shots from the logo like it was nothing. He makes, you know – He's so elusive and just hard to guard. I mean, you just would see guys trying to guard him, and they were just having a trouble keeping up with him. I mean, he is so quick, so fast. He's so twitchy with his movements. I mean, he's so good. He gets the line. He, he doesn't miss free throws. I mean, this guy is as good as anyone at scoring the basketball. And at the end of the day, the Cavs just couldn't stop it. They didn't have the offense to match that. Darius Garland had a solid game, but, it, you know, he, he didn't shoot too efficiently, if we're being honest. Um you know, Laurie Markinen obviously had a good game, but then at the end, you know, he steals the ball. They have, they're down three, and then he just throws it away right away. I mean, it, it, just a nightmarish finish for the Cavs. Obviously, it was a very good season. The future's bright there nonetheless. Um, you know, Garland, Mobley, and Allen is a heck of a big three, and it sucks for Cleveland that, you know, Jared Allen has been hurt for the whole second half, essentially. So that really caused them to fall out of uh, playoff contention. And it is what it is at the end of the day, the learning experience for the Cavs, a good year. Um, and we'll see what happens. I mean, they've got some questions. You know, will Colin Sexton be brought back? Uh, now they got a lottery. Harris, now they got a lottery Harris. pick. So I don't. I think they traded their pick to the Pacers, though. They did. You're right. Oh, that's a bad move. But it might have been lottery. Was it not lottery protected? The, the Cavs wouldn't been. do that. The Cavs wouldn't do that. Come on, they're not Let's that. Dumb. Pacers, Cavs, Harris. Trade. I feel like it might have been. Should should have been. Um, I think it was lottery protected. Let me see. Lottery protected first round pick. Oh, you're happy about that. <laughs> At the end of the day, I mean, obviously you want to be in the playoffs, but to get another first round pick, I mean, oh my God. Ima- imagine, just imagine if that fell into the top four somehow for them. I mean, I mean, the odds are very low. They're going to probably be one of the highest, like lowest odd teams, I'd assume. I don't yeah. the Clippers and them probably I would, I would guess. But yeah, yeah. Man, that would be crazy, but I doubt it'll happen. But um, yeah, tough way to go out. Um, there's going to be some roster change, but I mean that DG Evan Mobley, Evan Mobley. I'm excited to see his year too. I think he really might develop in his second year and just become an absolute superstar. Um, yeah. and Jared Allen too is is so good. Um, but we'll see what happens. They're they're, they're a very interesting team, and and they've got a good future. But for the Atlanta Hawks, man, Trey Young and and you know, I think that honestly can just lead us to the bracket and, and I'll pull up my screen here, I guess. Um, so we're going to be doing a, a bracket thing, kind of like we, we did for the NFL um, and just pick pick what we think is going to happen here. Um, and the Hawks are very interesting, obviously, to pick. Um, I, I put the Suns. I didn't I was just testing it out and the Suns went ahead, um, but that's fine. I'm going to pick the Phoenix Sun. I'll, I'll, we'll do number of games, I guess. I'll go five. Maybe the Pelicans squeak one out at home. Dude, um, yeah, I'll make my point about the Pelicans later, but yeah. Yeah. Dallas, Utah. Um, and this is a – oh, wait. Can I – okay, so I can't change it. Dallas right now, there's no Luka Doncic. I mean, they're playing right now. I, I think that it's – Jazz might be up. Like, if this, they're up – the Jazz are up at, like, five, I think. This series depends on Luka Doncic. If Luka Doncic plays, I think the Mavericks are going to win. 
I just don't know. I'm going to go with Utah in six. Um, I think Utah is a solid team. They've got Donovan Mitchell, and, and this is a huge series for them because if Utah goes out first round, I think that will be the last series Donovan Mitchell will play with the Utah Jazz. I, really I think both of them. I think both of them. Yeah, are. I think we could be seeing a total rehaul in Utah. So I think they're going to be playing for something. And maybe they won't even care, though, but I don't know. I think Utah goes for a win here. Um, this Warrior series is very interesting. I think Steph Curry is he's probable to play, I believe. Fraudulent MVP. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the Warriors. I'm going to go in six. I think the Nuggets are a good team, but without actually, eh, I guess MPJ's out, Jamal Murray's out. I'm going to go in six still. I think Nikola Jokic himself is going to be enough to get a few wins for Denver. I think Golden State will pull it out. And Memphis, Minnesota, this is a very interesting series in my mind. And I'm actually going to go with the Minnesota Timberwolves in seven games. As crazy as that sounds, and I know oh, you're man. shaking your head. Oh, man. Give me your explanation. Let's hear your explanation. I'm loving the vibe that they got going. Pat Bev, you know, I like him. He's playing tough. He's feisty. They got Cat, who I think is really Memphis doesn't have the peace to guard Cat. I don't think Jonas Valanciunas is, is good enough to guard Carl Anthony Towns. Um, yeah. hmm? Steven Adams? Oh, shoot. Valanciunas is on the Pelicans. Steven Adams. I mean, Steven Adams is mid, bro. You can't be – Steven Adams on the perimeter. He's not a bad defender. He's, definitely he's a liability a out there. You've got Ant he's Edwards, a- D'Angelo <laughs> Russell. I'm just vibing. I like the city. I think, you know, they're they're going to be fired up for this series. And I think Memphis, you know, they've, they've done well without Jaw, obviously. And, and Jaw will – I think Jaw's back, right? Jaw's playing? Yeah. 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 Jaw's playing. I mean, this is a good team. And I think it's going to go to seven games. I just think – the Timberwolves are just going to be a little pesky. I don't know. I got a weird feeling that Minnesota is going to come out and make some noise. So I'm going to go with the Timberwolves in seven games. Um, did I put seven? I guess I did. Why does it say? It's like being weird. Uh, there we go. Minnesota in seven. All right. Moving on to the next one. Miami Heat, Atlanta, Atlanta Hawks. Um, I have to pick Miami. I mean, they're just the better team. I think it will be in six, though. I think the Hawks are going to squeak a few games out, but Clint Capella might be out. John Collins has been banged up. Um, you know, this is a, a tough one. I think Miami's a good team, though. Philly, Toronto. Um, I'm going to go with Philly. Um, I really, I mean, their path to get to the Eastern Conference Finals is just chef's kiss. I, I really think they, they've got a good draw in this bracket. I think they're going to beat Toronto in six games. Um, I just think they're better. I mean, I, I think Harden and, and Embiid is just too much for Toronto. I think they're, Toronto's a good team. They'll win some games, but I think uh, Philadelphia is just going to be too much. Bucks um, in five for me. Um, yeah. And I'm going to go with the Chicago getting the game in that series. Huh? I can't believe you have Chicago getting the game in that series. I said, I'm actually going to change it to the Bucks in four. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with the Brooklyn Nets in six games here. Um, I think Brooklyn's, I, I just don't think you can stop Katie and Kyrie, man. And, and there's rumors of Ben 10. He might make an appearance <laughs> in the series. Um, Man, that would be uh, uh, I already picked the Phoenix. Uh, I didn't mean to do uh, that. <laughs> I want Ben 10 versus the Sixers uh, more than anything in life. I mean, that is the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, he would the get media would the just, oh my God, get, the media. Dude, would, it's very possible. It's very it possible. A, wait and see what I potentially have picked here. But um, Katie and Kyrie, man, that is a, a tough duo to stop. And, uh, you know, they, they've got some, I think Seth Curry, is he back or, or what's his deal? He's like, he's gonna play, but he's not. A, he's not anywhere near a hundred percent, apparently. So we'll see. But I, I like the Nets, and um, I'll stay on the East here. 
I'm going to go with this one up top. I think Philly's going to win. I think they're honestly going to beat the Miami Heat in five games. Um, I agree Toronto is a much tougher matchup. I, I yeah, I just Miami I'm not sold on as a real championship threat. I just think the level of, of superstardom that the Sixers have is just far superior to the Miami Heat. And I, I, I don't know. I think Toronto is just kind of that pesky team that just is – they're one of those weird teams that you would look at in like the, the Michael Jordan era that was just a pesky team that like was hard to put away and just had a lot of quality good players. Like I don't really – they have a the thing about Toronto is that they don't really have any like liabilities. Like they have no, these, like, no, no. And, and all their Pascal, guys are like six six and above. I mean, they're a tall yeah, Pascal, team except for Fred. Dude, dude, Pascal Siakam is just a player, dude. That dude is a player. Like that dude's a top 20 player in the NBA without a doubt. Very good player. Um, yeah, I'm going with Philly in five. And then this series is just so hard to predict. I'm honestly gonna save that one for last because I have no idea. Phoenix, Utah. I'm taking Phoenix in five. I think Phoenix is just oh, a, a level of walk, dude. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Phoenix is, uh, I mean, they're going to make the finals here. Let's be honest here. Golden State, I think, will beat Minnesota in five games here. Um, man, that Memphis pick is something. I'm just going to roll with it. Why not? It's They're going to have the series of their lifetime. Um, man, Bucks nets is so hard to predict. I mean, Giannis, Drew, Chris Middleton. I mean, this Bucks team is really something. The Nets. Oh, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it, Rob. Oh my! I think Ben Ten is oh gonna my. come out. Dude, it's gonna be very difficult to in- integrate him during a playoff series against the best defensive team in the. I NBA. mean, That's the Boston. What are, the Brooklyn Nets are screwed though because they've got such a tough path here, but. Oh my god! I don't god, know I if they can beat all three of them. I don't know if they can beat three of these teams in a row. They're gonna be exhausted. They're going to be, uh, but but this is my thing. This is why I said being the seventh seed, even if they make it out of the plan with one game one, it's going to be tough because then you have to play three great teams in a a row. Yeah. I'm going to go Brooklyn and seven. I I just really, I really believe Katie and Kyrie right now, if they're healthier, just on another level. I I think that scoring duo is just, I don't disagree. I don't even think they need Ben Simmons to win these series. Dude, this is, I'm really basing this off of no Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons can only help the team. I don't think Ben Simmons – I think that's the interesting thing about Ben Simmons is that realistically, I don't think Ben Simmons is going to cause much harm to the to the Brooklyn Nets if he's in no, there. No, but I think there's a chance that he could just end up being very pedestrian because he doesn't really know – Yeah, I think he could totally be a non-factor, um, which in that case is like, does it really hurt you necessarily? I mean, I think he's a good defender, though, like regardless. So I think Ben Simmons is interesting just in that regard. Playing your first game of the season in playoff basketball – I. It's very rarely done. I don't, I can't remember the last person who did it, actually. We'll see what happens. Um, I don't know. Phoenix, Golden State. I'm going five games. I, I really think Phoenix is just above all of these teams by a, a substantial margin in the Western Conference. And uh, I'm going to do it. Brooklyn and six. Jesus. I can't believe I just put Brooklyn in the finals, but I did. And uh, I'm going to go to Phoenix Suns to win the NBA finals in six games. That is my prediction. All right. Let's see. So, 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 so. All right. I think you have to click on the. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, I got yeah, it. I, got yeah, it. Yeah. I had it open earlier. Uh, okay. So we'll start on the Western Conference side. I want to go. With Phoenix and six here, actually, I think the Pelicans are going to scrape two games off the Suns. Uh, yeah, and I'm going to go with Dallas and five here. Uh, I know the Jazz are up by ten, but I think actually I'll go Dallas and six. 
because Luca's not going to be 100 healthy in game two. Once 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 Luca comes back, if Luca were healthy, I might predict a four hour Dallas sweep here. Utah is terrible. Utah is terrible. This is a not this is not a good team. It's not a team that works. Quinn Snyder might go to the Lakers in the offseason. They're gonna go on. They're gonna undergo a full blown rebuild under the under the direction of Danny Ainge, which I don't know if I love that either. Is he in charge of that team now? Yes, he is. Wow. Yeah. Uh, down here, I'll go with the Golden State sweep because I fucking hate the Nuggets. Sorry. <laughs> it's because of you. It's so funny because it's all because of Jokic in the MVP race. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Memphis in five here. I like Minnesota a lot. Uh, I think. Cat D'Lo, and I really like Anthony Edwards. I think he's one of the future stars of the NBA. I really do. But I think Memphis is too much. Memphis is much better than them. Memphis has is much deeper than them. I think Minnesota is a good young team, and Memphis, but Memphis is a great young legitimate contender. As good as Cat is, I don't think – I think Memphis is Lamicky. I think they're a regular season team. Yeah, but – I think that doesn't preclude them from beating Minnesota in a in a. In a I agree. I mean, they should beat Minnesota. I'm just trying to spice it up, you know. No, yeah, I got. I so I got Memphis here, and I'll, I'll go back to the top of the bracket. I'm gonna go Phoenix in seven here. Actually, I think a great player like Luca, who I believe has go potential, can. I, I do. I think if he wins a championship with Dallas, who's no, to say? he's got to win more than one championship. No, 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 no. no. By the time he's, he's like 25, 26, dude, if he can win a championship, which I don't know. They need to get him another star for sure. Yeah, the, the, the roster construction. And they took on, you know, Dinwiddie's contract. David yeah, but Dinwiddie has been just, great, Griff. Dinwiddie has been great. But it's just having that 20 – like, they yeah. by taking on Dinwiddie, they took on Bertans, who has a fat contract. It's like they just – they have all this money that they're just trapped. They're, yeah, but they're, they're not they're, – their cap situation really isn't dire. And they, they created the best out of a bad situation with KP, I feel like. Because KP yeah. was not gonna the, the team much now, like the Dallas I think was much better than I expected them to be. Luca is on a different level this year. Uh, obviously you got the top three guys in the MVP race, but Luca was right there pushing them. I mean Luca was unreal this year. This dude had a very I think early LeBron James early season early career. He'll, he'll win an MVP in the next three seasons for sure. Yeah, I agree. And I think a great player, if he can get picked healthy, is just going to push a great team. I still have Phoenix winning a game seven at home. But I have this series going to seven games. Uh, I think Dallas is a really good team. I think they're much better than people give them credit for. Um, and I'm going to go with the Golden State Warriors in six here. Uh, I think the experience is going to be too much for Memphis. I think Steph Curry being back uh, is just going to be crazy. Like, people people have a lot of recency bias, including you, Griffin, about what this team looks like without Steph Curry. I put them – did I not have Golden State in the – I had Golden State in the – No, 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 Western I know, but I think the dismissal of them in, in five or six – I'm going to pick Golden State to go to the finals here uh, in six games. Uh, I think – You're underwritten. The, the Suns are just dominant, bro. This team doesn't dude, lose. they're a regular season pretender. No. Bro, they just made like, the finals last yeah, year. Yeah, they're just like any other Chris Paul team. They're just like any other Chris Paul team. Bro, they made the finals. What are you talking about, bro? Yeah, with the, with the Chris Paul's first finals. Unhealthy. Dude, Devin Booker. Devin Booker, bro. Devin, I'd rather. Devin Booker, in my MVP, Jokic, Devin Booker, Giannis, then maybe MVP. Oh, stop. Stop. Like, dude, Devin Booker is probably a better player. Devin Booker's a great player, but I think. And you've got DeAndre Aiden. You are forgetting. I'd rather have DeAndre Aiden than Joel Embiid, if I'm being honest. 
What did you just say? DeAndre Aiden number Joel Embiid. I uh, can't help but agree with that one. Uh, I think, like, I just think, no, nah, Clay is not the same guy he once was. Draymond, Clay Draymond, Draymond, Draymond might win Depoy. Don't disrespect Draymond. It's gonna be Draymond. It's gonna be Marcus Smart. But don't disrespect Draymond, dude. Healthy Steph, wait, wait and see. Healthy Steph, they haven't held. They're they've lost like two games all year long. With Bro, their, Steph their, in the playoffs is just an all time choke artist, though. An all timer. How many finals MVP? He got robbed in 2015. Hero. Everybody Hero. knows it. Everybody knows it. All right, I'm switching over to the East. I don't even 2016 care about the finals, the Raptors. I mean, it's this guy's always missing the late shots, man. Can't be happening. <laughs> oh my God. You're, an, you're a legendary troll. Legendary. All right, I'm going to go with the Hawks. I'm going to go with the Heat, sorry. In seven, though. I think the Hawks are going to push the Heat. We talked about this yesterday. We were texting about it that we maybe thought that the Hawks or the Cavs could push the Heat. I'm just going to kind of echo your sentiment that I don't think that the Heat have like a top level player that can elevate them to the top or that can elevate them above like other teams of superstars. I think Atlanta is really going to end up pushing them because I think Atlanta's are, like I said, I think Trey Young is probably the best player in this series, to be honest. Yeah, definitely by far. And I think whenever you have the best player in the series, it's the same thing over here. I think the best player in the series is going to push Miami to seven games. I think Miami is ultimately going to get it done just because they're the one seed and I'm not bold enough to pick Atlanta, even though I want to, but that would be really awesome for the Sixers. How about a uh, Raptors Hawks Celtics revenge tour? Uh, I'm going to go at the Sixers in five here. I'm very confident. I am very confident in the series. I was texting with Griff. I also can't stand the Raptors. Can't stand them. I'll forever hate them just because of 2019. And I think their fans are really obnoxious too. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Brett Jersey. Shout out Brett Jersey. Shout them out. Uh, go raps. <laughs> uh, but I think like the, I just think the Sixers are going to be too much. And I think, so here's what I think about this series. Uh, gate tonight is really important. And then Monday night is really important because I think if the if the Sixers blitz them at home, it might be done in four games, but if the Raptors pick up a game, dude, and the Sixers find themselves in a two one hole after game three, I don't know if they're going to be able to dig themselves up because I don't know if Doc Rivers is a good enough coach to do that. But to me, I think Joel Embiid wants revenge. I think Joel Embiid is the most unstoppable player in basketball, excluding maybe Giannis right now. And I think he's going to have his his absolute way in this series. And I think a lot of this depend a lot of this depends on James Harden. If James Harden shows up, I think this team the sky is the limit for this. Oh baby, <laughs> I'm setting myself up to be disappointed. But I know you are. That's why I'm laughing. You just. What if Harden just? <laughs> we'll see tonight. We'll see tonight. We'll see after tonight. We'll see after tonight. We'll see what his debut looks like. I'm going to go at the Bucks in four here. I think Chicago isn't even a playoff level team right now. I think the Cavs, both the Cavs and the Hawks probably would have beat them in the play-in. Um, and then I'm going to go with Boston in seven here. Boston is a great team. This is not they my are a very good team. They this is not my anti-Brooklyn bias, by the way. It's 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 uh, it's really not because I hate the Celtics just as much as I hate Brooklyn, uh, maybe even more. But I I think the Celtics are a great team. And if Timeline can get back at any time in the series, like the cat, the thing about the Nets is that Kyrie and KD both have to be playing at their absolute peak for them to win a seven-game series. KD dropped fifth. Yes, they do, Griff. Yes, they do. Both of them have to. Against a team like the Celtics. Watch Ben that, 10. I'm telling you, man. Ben 10's coming in hot, and he's ready just, to play. You're a funny guy. You're a really funny guy. 
you know, from the guy. Uh, what if Ben Simmons comes back and in his first like game with actual minutes, just drops like a thirty-point triple-double? I would, dude. He's not gonna play more than ten minutes in his first game back. No, I know, but I'm saying like it probably won't happen in the Celtics series. But let's say like they make it to the second series and he plays like a thirty-five-minute game and he just goes a thirty-point triple-double. <laughs> that would suck, but I don't think it <laughs> happen. Like I just think, it, dude, to integrate a player like that who's so crucial to a team and to a lineup during a playoff series is just such a bad idea to me. Like, it really is. I think it's worth a shot. I think so. Only shot. Maybe. All right. Really winning. Chip. Boston in seven. Boston in seven. I think Boston is a great team, and I think Boston is going to be going to be Brooklyn, too. Uh, I got, or beat Milwaukee, too. And I got Boston in six here. I think Boston is so good. Like, Jason Tatum has elevated himself to be maybe the best two-way forward in the league right now. He is an elite defender. And that wasn't something that was part of his game three years ago. He has worked – like, this dude is an elite defender. He's maybe the most – I think you can make an argument for him as the most talented scorer in the NBA right now. I think – I don't – I would personally go with, you know, maybe a certain certain seven-footer. But I would probably go with – I think Jason Tatum certainly has a great claim to that. Uh, I think – Boston is so dangerous. Their defense is ridiculously good. I think Time Lord will be back by that Milwaukee series. Um, Robert Williams, he's a, one of the best defensive centers in the NBA. Marcus Smart is going to be the defensive player of the year. He's going to get more than, I think, more than double the second best, best voter. And I'm going to go with Boston over Milwaukee. I'm a big believer in the Boston Celtics, and you don't know how much it hurts my heart to say that. And here, I'm going to go with the Sixers and Six over Miami. Uh, just sort of echo my thoughts. I think I'm definitely more concerned with the Raptors than I am Miami, but at the same time, I think Miami's a series that if the Sixers win or if the Sixers win the Toronto series, it'll be over quickly. I don't think if this series goes to seven games, the Toronto Raptors are going to win the series. I think, uh, and I think I like how you're setting up the easiest route for the Sixers and, uh, again, there. Dude, I think, look, uh, are you going to pick Boston here? You can't pick Boston. You gotta pick Sixers, man. No, you I gotta pick the Sixers. I gotta pick the Sixers. Come on. Come on. Yeah. I gotta Come pick the Sixers. Sixers. I'll pick the Sixers in seven. Uh this would be I'm just gonna go from a personal angle here. Cause I think anybody who's really uh you know still watching is a hardcore fan of the channel, they really care about us. As <laughs> so I'm gonna go. Uh, I think you know, this would be the biggest series probably since the 2001 finals for the Sixers. I would argue it's even bigger. Celtic Sixers in the Eastern Conference finals in the year 2022 after their recent playoff history would just be crazy if the Sixers were able to get it done. This all depends on the James Harden we're going to get. Simple as. This all depends on the James Harden we're going to get. If James Harden can be three-fourths of the player that he was, the Sixers are going to dominate the East. I think so. But if not... Yeah, and I think obviously the wild card here is Brooklyn because, to be honest, I think whoever – I think Milwaukee is not beating Boston or Brooklyn in the second round. I'm not that, I'm not that keen on, on Milwaukee in recent, in recent days. I think they have a little bit of a fraud smell about them, even though they are recent champions. Even though that, that, that championship – that championship has a Mickey Mouse has – has a Mickey Mouse stench grift, doesn't it? It does. Doesn't it? I mean, with, with that uh, – lots of injuries. All right. Man. I can't pick against him, can I? No, you can't. I'm. If this was baseball, and it was like the Mets, like 
I'm picking them every time. You, I don't think, dude, I think you're hyping the Warriors. I think the Warriors could go out in the second round. I think if it's Memphis Warriors, the Grizzlies probably take them. No shot. No shot. All right, I'm holding you to that because that's what the second round matchup is going to be. No, it's going to be T-Wolves. Stop. Stop. Philly <laughs> and seven is what you're going with. I'll go Sixers and seven. All right. Yeah, I mean, if it gets if it gets the game seven, there's no way Steph Curry is winning that. So, you calling? Uh, are you pushing the LeBron agenda? Is that am I am I getting the LeBron a little LeBron LeBron agenda? No, but like Steph LeBron Curry agenda? and like Steph Curry when it's like a close series is really yeah. he's never like showed up really like in the. Finals. I mean, he brought he kind of single handedly or not single handedly, but he kind of brought you know them against the KD Thunder, brought them back from a three run leading. Sure, that was but in the NBA Finals, I'm saying. Let's look at let's let's bring up Steph's stats in the 2015 NBA Finals. <laughs> but it's like Steph played good, but like like. What, do you, what would you predict? The last few minutes, he was just. I mean, he bricked the last shot of the game. You know. No, 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 no. I'm talking about 2015, yeah. the year in which they won. Stephen Curry averaged 26 points, 6.3 assists, and 5.2 rebounds in six games in the 2015 NBA Finals. Yeah, but it was in The series was never close, correct? It was like always like. Well, that was the Arcadian. That was the year Kyrie and K Love got hurt. Well, you're also just so anti everything Warriors. I'm not anti Warriors. I'm them to make the Western Conference Finals. I do believe they're a good team. I just don't think. I don't think I they'll beat the Suns. I think they're. I think the Suns are on another. They were neck and neck with the Suns until they were neck and neck with the Suns until Curry got hurt, though. Yeah, but like, come on, like, we're not basing off right. Like, I think I the Phoenix agree. Suns. Big three is just on, and with McCall Bridges, I just think they're on another another level. You got Javale, Cam Johnson, campaign like Javale, all these stop, Javale, Javale, stop. Javale, dude, Javale's, Javale's a winner, man. Javale is on winning teams every year. Javale's a winner the same way Kendrick Perkins is a winner. He, they win, man. Or what's the guy's name? Like Patrick McCall or whatever. He won. Pat, like three Pat chips McCall, in three chips in three years. Hold on one second. Crazy. Pat McCall, three chips in three years. He's a legend, dude. He is a legend. Oh, all right. Well, I think with right. that, um, yeah. that will do it for this week's episode of Outside the Arena. Thank you guys so much for watching. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Outside the Arena Podcast. Um, follow, check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts at Outside the Arena there. And yeah, everything else will be linked in the description. Thank you guys so much for watching. And uh, we'll see you all next week on Outside the Arena.